It's good to be back on the Vux on another Monday evening in the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios. Welcome to everyone. My name is Jason. I am your host. Joining me are the boys and girl in the studios. We'll start off with the Chief Analyst of FES, Dave. Welcome back. Thank you for having me back. What a, what a great day today is. Uh, we get to talk about a pretty solid win, but we get to really get excited now about the squad in its full form and uh yeah lots to talk about today also on the show today is the man of the people biggs welcome back to <laughs> for <laughs> well played uh thank you for having me again it's a brilliant day to be here two on the trot for Vuck, uh, for the buck and uh lots to talk about as you said quite rightly dave we do have a guest on today and uh, to intro our next guest today, uh, she is the Green Gully Media Manager, is that correct? Oh, that's correct. You also do a bit of commentating on community radio as well, and we'll talk to you about that. Uh, and also very prevalent on the Twitter, uh, the soccer Twitters, as we like to call it, Katie Lembeski. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time to FES. Thank you so much for having me. It's so nice to finally put faces and names to the Twitter handles. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. It's always good when soccer Twitter comes together in real life. And uh, yeah, nothing better than uh, getting the community together in podcast form. Uh, with when we, when we do have new guests on the show and uh, we get them on for the first time, we go through a bit of a victory journey and how you came to be part of the victory and also probably part of the, 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 the football landscape in this country. You're working in, uh, in, you know, for, for Green Gully doing some media work. And obviously, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty interesting in itself. So take us through your VUC journey and also greater football journey. Uh, yeah, so finally, like, it came to me. I came to victory quite late, honestly, in 2008, 2009, that kind of season. Um, it, uh, I was about 18 years old, I remember, and finally coming to a game, Victory versus Mariners, I believe. Uh, I think it was the day after my birthday in January. And they won 3-0. Archie, mm-hmm. Danny, Carlos all got on the score sheet, and it was just a fun night. Finally, to hear the, the North Terrace go off, I was hooked, and I haven't left ever since. It was one thing I'm really grateful for, and uh, yeah, I'm on the vuck. So you were uh, so how did it come about? You were you were uh, you know a football lover before the luck as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It was mainly through the Socceroos. Well, yeah, like watching in two thousand two World Cup as well, mm-hmm. being at that time perfect time. So let's say you're watching that every night and watching the Brazil national team. Then love them, and then my dad, my uncle supported Man United, mm-hmm. so that kind of happened as well. So and. But yeah, I guess with the A-League, I came to it pretty late. Not, it was kind of out of sight, out of mind for me being on Foxtel. didn't have yeah. it at the time. Turned, and then once I kind of got a little bit older, it's like, oh, okay, this is, let's, let's try, let's go mm-hmm. out. And I did, and I've, and I've loved it. It's been uh, fantastic and loved the victory. Yeah. Were you at the, the game last night? Where do you usually sit? North End, South End, or East or West? Uh, usually in the North End, yep. uh, in the, the GA seats. Thankfully, they've been uh, back this year, so... Yeah, it's Hamie Park makes it so much better too. To be honest, mm, the North End definitely. when it's pumping was a, didn't get to go last night. Unfortunately, the the Sunday time slot mm. isn't great for me, but that's okay. Uh, caught it on TV uh, from about ten minutes in. Got home a little late, but yeah, outstanding to watch, outstanding performance, and uh, lots to cover. I'm sure. Absolutely, I'm just going to steal that rundown from you so we actually see exactly what's going on. I know it's a packed show today. We're going to uh, dissect the Central Coast Mariners game last night, the 4-1 victory in front of 16,508 fans. Uh, lots to talk about, so many pleasing performances and so many talking points from that game. We're also going to get into your FN, oh, sorry, your fan Q&A. We put the call out on Twitter and Facebook earlier this afternoon asking for your fan questions and was inundated with responses. Slammed within minutes. Yeah. They were right on it today. Notifications going off. So there was lots to cover in that. We're also going to discuss the new, uh, is it KO Sports? Is that the yes, correct pronunciation? KO. This is a game changer for sport in Australia, not only for football fans, just for sport fans in general. We've been yeah. waiting a long time for this and I can't wait to talk about it because I think I, you know what, in... Probably episode two, episode three, for fuck's sake, we talked about the future of sports media in 2015. I said exactly this. 
Call Me a Prophet. Nostra Jesus. Unfortunately, I don't get any royalties for that no. idea. Uh, we're also discuss, going to discuss the Socceroos squad announcement, uh, National Youth League, and a few other tidbits before previewing the big, big match in two weeks' time against Sydney FC. The music theme this week, well, when we have a guest and we like to you know, ask the, the guest what they want to play. And we oh, did dear. ask Katie off air before what she wanted to go with. And uh, Katie, tell, tell us what you told myself and Dave. And I think you'll be very pleased with this, Buds. In celebration of the debut of Ola Toivon and finally coming on and setting up a goal, it's right to honour him by playing some ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine Dave's face when Katie, crestfallen, on her own volition, chose ABBA. And unprompted, unaware of our long-running discussion about what, what Swedish music we should go with. And I thought when she said, Ola Toivon, and she's going to say Swedish metal. I actually... Um, teed up without your knowledge uh, a couple of weeks ago with Jason that we were going to uh, tell you that we were going to play Swedish metal and Opeth and those kind of bands and then just roll straight into ABBA and just to see your reaction. Well, do you know that there's a Swedish band that does metal versions of ABBA songs? So ha- that'd be a nice happy medium, wouldn't it? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, that's okay. I've got music uh, next episode. So, so break out those flares, turn the volume up to 11. You're listening to For Luck's Sake. Floral Designs, as seen on the block and married at first sight. Located in Tullamarine, Ambrosia specialise in weddings, functions and corporate events. Ambrosia also offer floral workshops which make great gift ideas. Book a consultation for your next event by calling Leanne on 9338-3609 or you can contact her online at ambrosiafloraldesigns.com. Oh, Dave, here it comes. Mention FBS to receive... A discount. Hear me, darling, don't you hear me, SOS. 10% off. Ambrosia. Buy some flowers. Agnetha. You are a queen. Thanks to our friends there at Ambrosia for all designs. Let's discuss the match last night against Central Coast Mariners 4-1 on a breathtaking afternoon. The, Mm. The sun was out and just... You get your first real taste of summer football in Amy Park and nothing beats it really, just the uh, the mates in the sun with the uh, the half the half strength beer flowing, the full strength <laughs> side of, you know, that loophole. And just a fantastic day out and that was really punctuated by a fantastic performance by the Vuck four one at home against Central Coast Mariners. So many good performances to talk about and uh, I, I wanna talk about just before you get into analyzing Dave, just how the the late inclusion of Lee Broxham changed the game style of victory to an extent and probably gave us a glimpse into what we should be playing like. Yeah, well, the uh, late injury to Jai Ingham was the reason for that. And uh, (laughs) coming quite early on, the uh, arrival of Lee Broxham into the starting lineup, And, yeah, he just has that energy and focus and determination to really you know, drive the team and has always had that uh, as part of his uh, kit bag there. But um, 16 games in a row, boys and Katie, uh, undefeated against the Mariners. That is a staggering record. Something like 40 goals to 14 now in the last six years. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a huge stat. Mm, we like to belt them. Best message I got yesterday, I got a few good messages yesterday, and the best one I got was 
Ingham injured in the warm-up. Brock's him in. Um, unfortunately to Jai, um, we saw that he's not in our best 11. Uh, Lee's direct. Lee uh, played with a good impetus at the start, and it almost looked like, I, was, I think I was mentioning to you from the back, looked like we were going with a Christmas yeah. tree formation to start with. It was quite interesting. Yeah, being at the game, I didn't really know how Broxton fit into that. I didn't know if he was, you know, was playing as a winger or in the midfield. Uh, I still probably don't know because I was drinking the ciders quite a bit. What, what was he <laughs> What was he doing, Dave? What, what kind of role was he, he playing? More of a winger or is it more in the midfield? Well, a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah he's just... Uh, as I said, he just brings energy, gets around the park quite easily and just doesn't have the polish perhaps that some other players might but just happens to be the, the, the guy closing down the most and, and you know, doesn't make too many mistakes as well. Katie, what, what, what did you think of that, that particular selection? Yeah, he definitely flew by the seat of your pants again type of thing, but he came in and he really did a good job. I think it confirms well and truly that he is now a midfielder in this new system. Um, at fullback, I think he probably doesn't offer enough of what is required in those positions. I think drifting wide as a midfielder, kind of contributing to attacks that way and then closing down space, kind of locking it in, um, very valuable in that in that sense and... You'd back him in to continue on, particularly when he's called, particularly when he's called upon in terms of injury suspensions, with an Asian ch- campaign as well on the way. He'll be very important. You feel? Yeah. For me, this midfield combination and and the approach that Kevin has taken so far this season, it's just humming along magnificently. And I guess the the fact that there's that that four that narrow diamond that we've seen so far, it's it's a real comfort to know that you know if if Bayern is missing, Valeri will step in. If if Troisi can't play, then you know Josh Hope might come in. You know, and and there, there's a there's a sense of when I see Honda, Troisi, Antonis, and Baena, I think this it's just an amazing combination, and that they could really start to see some fruits develop with Toivonen and up front being the, the the target man. Yeah, it's been encouraging with the uh, because we've honestly we've gone into the four games now without I think a really settled lineup. In any 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 department, there's been changes all through all through the park, and um, was very very pleased with the performance and what Central Coast Mariners put up against us because they are piss. They are they which are, is surprising. They because... are absolute piss, and we needed this performance, and we needed a confidence mm. booster. We needed some goals. I know goal difference means jack shit at the end of the day in the A League, but we needed something for the fans. We needed a Sunday night game where we actually came out, put a score on the board, and smashed the opposition. I was con- not concerned, but you know you had to keep worry about Ross McCormick. We held him all night, and Tommy Orr made one meaningful run at the start of the game, and that was pretty much it. They are atrocious. Yeah, for large parts of the game. Central Coast switched off, uh, and whilst you know we we will get into the discussion as to whether we were really good or they were really bad, I'm very pleased that we were able to put a side to the sword mm. uh, because that's what good teams do when they're up against dishevelled sides. You 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 punish sides, and that's what we did. Yeah, the old saying, the the professional performance. Yeah, really. Yeah, and you're right. You know, my old man would be saying you beat the bloody bottom side, but you no, know, Central Coast were. Certainly, you know, only only a matter of four weeks ago, touted as being a, a real big improver in this league, and perhaps there's still some the, the quality is there for them. But you know, are they just trying to figure things out a little bit? Uh, there's so many individual performances to to really hone in on here, and I'll get you, Katie, to start off with some individual performances that, that really impressed you last night. Uh- I can't go past Kesike, the king. He's officially he's taken to this league so well in no time at all. Very professional. Took the chances when given to him. He played further forward, which I've been calling for. Um, mm. But anywhere he's going to play, he's going to be a boss. Again, in playing there, took advantage of the mistake, forced that turnover, and then made no mistake about it. Again, once you, you you cannot get those chances gifted to you, but it's another thing to take them, and yeah. he's professional, and that's the difference between a lot of sides at the end of the day. Super finish, yeah, it was a super finish. Uh, he gets very excited for a goal too, but geez, Golic just uh, just handed it to him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, but the <laughs> horrendous turn, the touch and the turn of pace, like he he actually when he took that touch, he shifted a gear again, and just no one was going to catch him. Oh, his eyes lit up, mm. um, boys. And Katie, do you know that uh, Honda's played every minute of every game so far this season? 
I'm still just blown away by the level of of professionalism that he's bringing. And as I say, he he looks like the fittest guy in the park. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was some talk of him wanting to keep playing because he wanted to be involved in the 2020 uh, Olympics squad for Japan. We, We have to keep him on for another season. I know I keep saying this every second week so far, but... Whatever it takes, he's just a sign him up. Amazing, sign him up. Yep. If if Fox Watts are willing to put in that three million dollars again, or half of it, I don't see why not. He's almost already paid. I won't say that. I don't want to <laughs> curse him in, in some way. But like, you know, four games, he scored two goals. I think he's created three or four. Well, he's been a, he's been a part pretty much of every goal except for the one that was scored by uh, Teresi Brown and Hope. But prior to that, he was part of every single goal. Mm. Yep. They're watching overseas too. Uh, they do the official, the A-League does the international feed on YouTube and the entire chat room is Japanese watchers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. And, and that in itself is something that you, you can't put a price tag on. That exposure that the A-League is getting as a result of it, it's just incredible. Mm. And you said, Katie, before they played a little bit closer to goal and towards the end of that uh, game the previous week, I think it was playing closer to goal as well. So I think Kevin Musket might have finally just figured that out, that you, you get the most out of him. You get a lot out of him regardless of where you play them, but you get the most out of him closer to goal. And we got a glimpse of uh, his first free kick on goal uh, on Sunday, and that was it wasn't a goal, but you know, forced to save from uh, from the goalkeeper. So I did get sent a video from the north end of that uh, mm. free kick. I might post that up from our account. It's quite good. Mm. From uh, Leonotsky. Tracy, another one. Katie, that was phenomenal. And we were talking about the, the three errors of James Tracy and bald James Tracy is just <laughs> in red-hot form at the moment. Unbelievable again. No doubt. No doubt. It's fantastic to see him play this way. He's had it in him for a while, but... When he finally pulls the finger out, he's fantastic to watch. And I guess having Honda around has freed him up in a big way, and that's only going to improve with Ola being around as as well. So he's someone to look out for. As if we're not going to, we're going to cause teams a lot of a lot of worries, particularly in in, def, in defense. So it's freed him up, and he's looking great as a result of that. I, I'm actually almost of the view that he's playing better this season so far than he did in that first season with us mm. because in that first season with us it took him a while to get going and you know at the back end of the season he was like the best player yeah in 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 the entire league and and at the moment my prediction boys and Katie oh, I don't Johnny remember Warren it Johnny, Johnny Warren medal for James Tracy was that your prediction yes it was and everyone laughed it was supposed to be outlandish. Kesuke is still, no. I'd say, the clubhouse <laughs> yeah. leader for that one. Yeah. But you know, he's going to make things interesting, especially with Beatrice Metal Knight, because, uh, yeah, he'll be getting a few votes in the early parts, uh, early parts of the season. Another person who needs some acclaim, um, do- doesn't feature in the votes, but I thought played a great game and has well and truly solidified his spot in that defensive back four, and that's Thomas Deng. Mm-hmm. He was spectacular last night. Doesn't feature in the votes because there were so many players who played so well, but I'm so, I guess, you always, you always have a sense of pride watching this guy rise through the victory ranks, go overseas to PSV and you know do a bit of an apprenticeship there and come back and has, you know, forget about Nick Ansel, this guy is the, the future for us and he is well and truly a, a rock for us in defence. It's been refreshing. I think I've mentioned it before. It's refreshing to finally see a kid that's gone over to Europe, hasn't played a lot, but it's actually come back a better player. Mm-hmm. For too long, you see, too long we've seen guys go over, they play a little bit or they don't come back at all and that you never see them again or they come back to the A-League and just mosey on them. You can tell he's yeah. learnt. Yeah. He's learnt something and he was yeah uh, unbelievable last night, I thought. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll have him for this year and that's it. Yeah, I think he he's gone after this year. He he has to. He's uh, he's too good. He signed that contract extension about mm-hmm. a fortnight That's ago. That's what we do. We, we, lock make that money. we lock him up. And we make Cash. that money. Uh, Antonis, another one that uh, was was uh, very very good as well. Uh, he's t- he's definitely taken responsibility head on. Um, he's t- made that midfield position his, and he's a quality player on his day, and he's. Definitely an attacking threat as well. He pushes forward. He also he's energetic. Goes box to box. Gets it done at both ends of the park. So he's very valuable in that sense. And uh, he was again last night. Having him, you know, this season. Obviously, we only got the half season out of him 
and obviously he produced towards the back end of it. But this season, you know, from the get-go, he's been one of the linchpins and I'm really... I can't get excited enough about the way our midfield is performing right now. Seems to be the butt of all the jokes from the uh, the boys, especially yes. the boys with the Greek heritage. Yeah. Uh, if anyone saw the uh, the club media uh, department. The cheese the one. The cheese one. How yeah. good was that? Yeah, it was very <laughs> funny. I was on the train. I was laughing quite a lot. Uh, I'm just going through, we're going through all these names. You know, we're seeing Honda and, you know, Antonis and Charisi. And just, this is such a star-studded side. And you're saying that you're excited, Dave. I'm excited just going through these names and just, you know, the potential of this squad. I know we talked about it pre-season of being the strongest squad in victory's history. And now seeing these results start stringing together, it, you know, it was against Central Coast. We have to preface that. But um, it's just, it's it's looking through these these names. It's just unreal. When Costa Barbarousas finally... Breaks the sh- gets that pressure off him with that goal that he's needed in the last couple of weeks. He's gonna he's gonna go off because his uh, his form's been sensational too. He just hasn't had the reward. Do you, uh, there's a lot of social media? I wouldn't say criticism, but just frustration amongst fans about Costa and the way he's playing right now. That he's probably not suited to a striker role, and you know, he's found you know with his runs probably not being at the quality of what a top striker is in case he's not really used to it and a lot of offsides and things like that. Do you subscribe to that theory, Dave? It's an adjustment period for him. And, you know, he, he has played up, up the top before, but under Kevin Musket at Melbourne Victory, he's ostensibly been a wide player. And I think what we've had to endure in the first three weeks is him partner... A target man that isn't really a target man, mm-hmm. right? And so where Costa's strength, strengths will be realised is when he's making the runs from a target man who can hold up the ball. Yeah. Which was, is Ola Toivita. Yeah. When he was running in and Kenny was you know, getting the ball and being pushed off the ball or losing the ball or not winning the header. or you yeah. know, And you, what does Costa have to do in that stage? Run back and run yeah. back and run forward yeah. and run and back. And you, know, you don't get any opportunity to impact. We saw last night, like from the get-go, what Toivita can do with the ball at, oh. f- at the feet. And from our elevated uh, view on the south end, he's very nimble. He's very good, and that ball through to Josh Hope was outrageous. He looked fresh, didn't he? As no well? look, yeah. He yeah. looked, he looked good. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure what he was going to bring, but you just saw straight away. It was like, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. This, this is this is going to be good this season. So. And that's off just a very, very short cameo. Very small sample size. Very unfortunate we have an international break next week because he loses mm. that momentum a little bit, but hopefully he can slot into that starting 11 in two weeks' time against Sydney FC. Josh Hope, you know, we scored four goals and, and I think you said it last night when I was next to you that that, was, that made your day a little bit. That the, definitely the Josh did. Hope definitely I, think, did. I think a lot of the crowd just were so happy to see Josh Hope and once again you see a kid rise through the ranks and has well and truly paid his dues and has taken advantage of a very small opportunity that he probably wouldn't have got yep. if Jai Ingham wasn't a late late omission, possibly. And hopefully this, you know, makes Kevin Musket sit up and, and take stock and perhaps include him in, in a few more games because uh, he's, a, he's only a, a positive uh, person for our team and just great to see him get that first debut goal. He's got to play more. And you saw that there was actual, there was rapture in the stands because he's a kid. We're bringing the kids to and the kids are doing good. So he needs to play more. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been some, some comments on social media that Josh Hope does have an offensive haircut though. And uh, oh, Straight out of the early 90s, that sort of undercut look yeah. that uh, I think uh, I sported at one point, the undercut. And uh, did you have one, Budsy? Definitely, certainly had an undercut. What about you, Jace? In my time. Yeah, I had an undercut. Katie? Yep. Oh, everyone's had an undercut. <laughs> Speaking uh, of which, Dave, because uh, Josh Hope, you, you said you spotted the Josh Hope haircut, and you've written down Corey Brown here as well, and you've got a bit of Corey Brown going on, and there's you know, talks about the uh, the old Corey Brown, uh, the hairdo as well. It's getting a lot of traction. It's uh, he's becoming a very popular, uh, well, I would say popular figure, cult figure, Corey Brown, and, and good to see him on the score sheet last night. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, look, Corey. Look, Corey Brown has been the recruit that. <laughs> has come under the most criticism, you'd have to say, because as as a recognised left-back and the only left-back in the squad, I think there's been a bit of 
questions raised around his ability and everything as compared to Storm Roo. But, um, you know, he was in the right place at the right time last night. No doubt. No doubt. He's fan quality performance and uh, he's just going to continue on, hopefully. So, fingers crossed. Can we do really just quickly off the top of our heads a uh, worst hair 11 for Melbourne Victory over the, the history? You can include... Josh Hope, of course. Oh, let's start, start in, uh, in goals. At, uh, Michael Petkovic with, uh, probably would be... He just had worst everything. <laughs> <laughs> Roddy Vargas, the, the ponytail, would that, would that feature a mention in the back four? No, it was good. I, it suited him. It no, suited him, yeah. Okay. Had a bit he, of the Anthony, well, it was obscure. You know, Anthony Kiedis kind of look going. Yeah. Yeah. Do you okay. still deal with Roddy at uh, Green Gully? Is he still involved at Green Gully at all? He headed off to Dandy on Thunder and until middle of the season, I think, Bulleen snapped him up in the mid-season transfer window. So not quite sure what his plans are going forward. Is but his he, brother still there? Uh, Andy, Andy at Dandenong? No, Green Gully. Was he at Green Gully? Years ago. Years, ago. years ago as a player, yeah. I he was a quality many, player. I heard many, many stories about him and his temper and that's perhaps the reason why he didn't get an A-League contract. But I'm not too sure if that was ever true or not. Be interesting to ask Roddy about that. Nick Ward would feature in that starting Definitely. 11. Definitely, yeah, he was on he was on the tip of my tongue then. Archie Thompson would feature in that starting 11. You can pick any hairstyle that Archie Thompson had over the years. He always tried to, to jazz it up a little bit. Leandro Loves was no good. Leandro Loves was no good. Jonathan Brew was also... No good, no yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, cornrows, yeah, no thanks. Theo Markellis, he was just... Oh, yeah, yeah. Paolo Retre. I said that on the Twitters yeah. earlier today. Paolo Retre has to be uh, remembered and... and particularly given some stick given the clubs that he's rolled out for since leaving. Yeah, I remember his uh, debut way back when and he just had that bouffant, the (laughs) wog bouffant. Way too much product. He looked like he'd come straight out of the the North Terrace back in those days. Yes. Uh, Yeah. There's there's something that said that's going to be said for you know the 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 football players that played ninety minutes and still got their hair in immaculate condition mm. and you know James Teresi pre baldness would have been one of those players as well he uh, went through he went through a long hair stage joying him as well joying him just doesn't matter They're obviously just applying gel as they go yeah Troisi was actually the Alice Band kind of uh, yeah. when he was at Newcastle hard to, hard day. to believe that hey. Hard to yeah, James Therese could have uh, ended up. I do remember that he looked like you know he was in silver chair. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Who else we got? Who else can we think of? Yeah. Vesa uh... Parisha pre Melbourne victory had some awful mohawks going on. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and all the blonde, blonde tips, mohawk. blonde tips, which is yeah, straight out of Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. That, that kind of get up. Uh, yeah, look, because you asked without... We'll have to put this out let's to the fans, I think. Starting uh, 11 in let's, this. let's have the, the, the worst haircuts yep. at the Vark, starting 11. Yep. Give them to us after this episode. And I'll give a shout-out. I'll give a personal shout-out to Hutch. He's always on Twitter. And he very, loves this topic. Yeah, he loves putting together 11s. He does yeah. very professionally. He, he, yeah. gets, he, he gets them generated too. So, you know, yeah. we usually yeah. release yeah. these podcasts around about 7.30 Monday. By 8.30 p.m., I'm expecting a, a starting 11 from Hutch. <laughs> uh, now, as we said, you know, we're trying to decide, you know, a 4-1 uh, victory against Central Coast, against a team who are as you described, piss right now. Is it a reflection? Uh, are we really good or are they just really bad? And how much can we read into this performance? Because uh, I want to read a lot into it. I want to get excited. I'll just say, for me, it's a little from column A and a little from column B. I think Central Coast have got all sorts of issues. And if you shut down Ross McCormack, you effectively shut down their avenues to goal. The goal they scored last night was calamitous, really. It was just a matter of luck, really, that... Connor Payne managed to beat a player, and yeah, it, it happened. Um, it would have been nice to have a clean sheet, but yeah, I, I think I think we are going to be good, and and this is the sort of win, two wins on the trot now that that can really propel us through the season. Yeah, look, I think they had a couple. Central Coast had a couple. We got them on a good night. Well, it was just a perfect night for us. I think uh, Matt. There's some rumblings there. Um, Matt Simon wasn't even named on the bench. And uh, yes, yeah, someone who, said something. Who I, else who, was who it? said something in the stands that uh, that they've had a falling out? Morby's had a falling out with Simon already, and what Simon's a the captain. Yeah, I think there was a falling off already at Central Coast, which is such a shame because, you know, as we said before, they had such potential with that squad, and hopefully they're not going to be languishing in the doldrums this season because I really. They've got Ross McCormick, who's an amazing player, and, mm. and Tommy Orr, who's coming back from overseas, and I just hope for them. Hope you for say knew. He knew. He knew to jump shit quickly. <laughs> what do you reckon, Central Coast, Katie? Um, yeah, I think you're very downhearted if you're one of their fans today. Um, 
really poor. I w- you can be out, you can be outclassed, you can be beaten by a better team, but you show up, and I don't think they showed up at all. That's and right. to the fans that travelled down, you have every right to be mad, and they got to pull their finger out. I think Mulvey is a good coach, and it's going to take some time. They're going to have to rebuild, the rebuild, the rebuild. Unfortunately, they they haven't got it right, and. Under him, I think there are a chance to, but there's going to be a lot more patience required, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think, as I said, there's there's a lot about them that we should we should feel good that we came away with such a strong win, but at the same time, um, <laughs> they're all over the shop as well. So, but that's the kind of win you need against a side like that. Time for the Max Steel Balls of Steel votes as voted by the fans for the FES Player of the Year. Do you have them offhand, buds? Yeah, mate. James Tracy smashed it. He ended up getting like f- over the two two handles, 400 votes. Wow. Yeah, Honda Honda got something like 320. So it was three to Troisi, two for Honda, and one for Terry Antonis, which not surprising. I just thought Tommy Deng we'll might have... Might have uh, scored some more votes, but Terry did very well. So uh, those three guys have polled in nearly every game now. So And just off the top of your head, uh, the pro- progressive count, uh, who's who's leading the charge? Uh, uh, Honda is on 10 votes. Wow. Uh, no, Honda's on 8 votes. Honda's on 8. There you go. And uh, Troisi's on 5 or 6, and Tommy Deng's coming third. Wouldn't it be great to meet Honda at the end of the year and shake his hand and say, well done, son, you've won the Max Steel oh. Balls of Steel the trophy. Brass we, testicle trophy. That you know what? Yeah, we actually got a steel ball trophy and gave it to Honda. He'd probably think it's funny enough to put on his Instagram page. That's it. He would. He he, he had another big Insta moment today. He was in the... Uh, he was in the uh, the pool in his undies uh, <laughs> chatting with Usain Bolt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be a fly on the wall. He is a phenomenon, this man. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute phenomenon. He's just... He's, whoever he has holding his phone while he's playing mm. as well just knows exactly what to do in every shot to get him. And Which phone, though? You'd have two, <laughs> probably wouldn't a few, we'll Probably a few out. burners as well. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, thanks to all our fans for voting yes. on those. And if uh, if you do want to get involved in that, just jump on Facebook and Twitter straight after the games and look out for our posts and then reply with your three, two, and ones. It's time to answer your fan Q&As. Sponsoring for Vuck's sake, Temple Brewing. Temple Brew House in Brunswick East. Home of the award-winning bicycle beer. Temple's amazing beers all brewed on site in the amazing brew house in Brunswick East. Their team of experienced and skilled brewers work hard to ensure that you enjoy every mouthful of tasty, delicious craft beer. Doesn't get any fresher than this. Your beer's brewed footsteps away from where you're enjoying it. The bar, restaurant and function space is big enough for 100 people, ensuring you can enjoy a warm, comfy experience for any occasion. Visit them at 122 Western Street, Brunswick East, and give them a follow on Instagram at Temple Brewing. Thank you to our friends at Temple Brewing there, and thank you to Abba for that uh, yet another exquisite tune. We're going to answer your listeners' questions, and uh, the best question as chosen by, I'm going to say, I'm going to bestow the honour upon Katie to just choose the best question at the end of all this, and they'll get a six-pack thanks to our friends at Temple Brewing. Uh, now, uh, we're going to go through the, the Twitter and Facebook questions, and as we said before, off the top of the show, the response was huge, and uh, thank you again to everyone. I think, you know, when we tried to do this, when we first started the podcast, we were happy with 
five responses <laughs> and one of those was Tom G saying why is water wet and um, doesn't really provide for much of a of a segment but we do thanks uh, thank everyone for getting involved because you know without you guys doesn't we don't have anything to to talk about so thanks to everyone who got involved and um i did see one off the top that was the first question that was asked about cory brown uh, cory brown's bald spot and the worst haircut we've ever seen in Melbourne <laughs> Beach. so i tried to um i tried to include that in the earlier segment i, I tried to cover that it got me that got me thinking about the uh the worst hair all 11 at the vac but we'll go through some of these questions and yeah you guys just will kind of just pick ones out at random if we can and uh we do we got one as well about Honda um, staying on for a second season. I think we we talked about that a little bit earlier as well, so we'll we'll probably leave that. Uh, This one I'll ask you, Dave, and it's from a man called Dante Tate. Does Kevin Musker persist with a 4-3-2-1 formation that has brought the last five goals to the Vuck? If so, considering Ola will most likely take the striker role, where does that put Costa? No. No. Kevin will refer back to the the narrow diamond as soon as the full strength squad is there and will only adjust if circumstances dictate it. That's how I feel about it. I think uh, the decision to play Costa up front will only only become more of a a real thing with a a man like Ola, as we touched on, uh, to play alongside him. Buds, Katie, thoughts? I'm echoing Dave's sentiments. You too, Katie? Yeah, I think I have to do this one. Mm. This one that got me thinking as well, I saw this one during the day, and uh, it's from Muslu Ibrahim, and it says, who's our best player in the current squad? And of course, the answer to that is easy, and that's Cascade Honda. But it got me thinking outside of Cascade, and I, I want to expand this a little bit further, and name a top three players in terms of importance Honda removed. So okay, easy. Name your top three players for easy. importance. Yeah? Lawrence Thomas? Yep, I would have said that. I think Loto, as uh, Danny referred to him last week, I think that's a good one. I think we need to keep that one and steal that one. Yeah, Loto. Loto. Loto is a very good one. Uh, Costa Barbarousis. And it's probably Carl Valeri. Wow. Mm. Anyone oh, else so want to so change you, that? Anyone uh, else yeah, want to do a different top three? You first, Katie. It might, for me, it might have to be Georg Niedermeyer. Uh, you need, I don't think particularly in Asia as well, you need to have that centre-back. You need to have that uh, solidity down back, and I think he provides that. Or he's getting he's getting better. I don't think he's hit his full stride yet, but I think he's getting there for sure. Um, and in front of him is probably Terry Antonis. Just that outlet he gives um, energy... Box to box, does it all. So he was probably my number two, but number three can't go past Kesake. Can't ignore him in this list. So yeah, that's how I that's how I see this one. I think if we remove Honda, I'm going to say Lawrence Thomas. I'm going to say Costa, but I'll also say Teresi because I think if he's on song, he's back. Can't stop him. Yeah, yeah. One James James Teresi for me mm. is one of them. I'm going to agree with Katie on Jorg Niedermeyer simply because of the need for that senior elder statesman at the back. The need for Niedermeyer. That's right. Yeah. Um, So those two. And, yeah, I'll agree with Costa as well because Costa is very much a barometer of this side. You know, I think it's often understated how good he was in that last month of last season. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there was the Terry Antonis moments and, and everything, but he was... Just amazing in that final series, and hmm. when he's had his when he's at his best, he's so important for us. Well, the the Niedermeyer question, um, debate was going to be a good segue into this question, but I have actually seen another one, and I want to keep it on more of a positive tip. Yeah. So, uh, um, Sam at Uhe or Uhe, uh, where do you rate Costa in Vuk folklore? Regardless of double champion, he's due to overtake Carlos Hernandez in our all-time scoring this year, and a good year would see him surpass Danny. Highly underrated, in my opinion. Wow, that's some excellent stat harvesting there from Samuel Uhey. Uh, I, I like that question a lot. Um, very highly underrated, and um, you know what, what? this will be the conclusion. At the end of this season, that's his fifth season at the club? 
in, yeah, in total. So. so he has the potential to overtake Danny Alsop uh, and Carlos, two extremely well-rated players. We, Carlos, who's generally the fans' yeah. player yes. of all time and uh, saw a um, little press kit about a game we played against uh, Central Coast a few years ago. Actually, it was the one where da- uh, Harry Kuehl scored, but uh, Carlos's bomb... And it just made me remind it reminded me of Carlos and geez, to go over Carlos would be huge. The we did this last year. We did an old star all, all time eleven for Melbourne victory, and we did a an eleven then. And I dare say that it would change even now if we did it twelve months later. And just going back to the team of the decade and the front three for the team of the decade, and it was Thompson, Allsop, and Cruz. You would say out of those three, Cruz and Allsop are definitely out. Now, if you were to revise the, the team, the all-time ever team, you'd get Allsop and Cruz out of there and probably replace it with Barisha and Barisha. Costa. Yeah. yeah. And then it, probably as well, Hernandez, Milligan, Brebner in the midfield. Valeri probably deserves to be in there. And... Well, yeah, you could argue in terms of Brebner's position yeah. in the side, you know, what Carl has brought to the club as a captain and, and two titles. Oh, Carl Valeri all day over Brebner. Yeah. Might be worth doing a half, way, dec- half yeah. decade yeah. team. Yeah. i got a question yes. from uh, Patreon, Nick Garner, good mate of the pot. Mm-hmm. Will Thomas Deng be the best defender in the A-League by season's end? There has not been many in A-League history that have looked as classy and silky as he has in the last two games. Big call considering the amount of foreign decent well, central who, defenders who would, there are. Who would he be up against? in Delight. Yeah, who's yeah. been pretty good. safe for Central Coast before last night was probably the best best performed defender. He looked very shaky last night. Yeah. Didn't look good at all. Jacobson and probably uh, Wilkinson. Yeah. Let's, let's say he'll be the best... Defender in the league under the age of twenty three. Risden's By pretty. A mile. Risden's yeah. pretty, pretty decent. There's some good. There's some good. Good defenders in the league at the moment. But he'll be very, very good. I think. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great move by by the club to to re-sign him and to get that cash. Do you have anything, Katie? Any questions? Um, I got one here on Facebook through Campbell Sinclair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ingham was a late scratch and Broxton filled in, likely forcing the hand for Honda starting further forward. Is it time to ditch the Honda directing the midfield strategy and instead overload the front line? Or does he go back and Ola come in where he plays next week? Interesting one. Um, yeah, I again, I think more where you can get Honda in dangerous positions where he can score goals... That's worth its weight, but at the same time, him dictating play the way he has been in the opening three weeks, yeah, you, I, I definitely see him staying in that midfield three and just leaving Ola Costa Choisi to do to do the damage up forward. It sound make just makes a stronger across the park. Yep, I was a bit annoyed that um, Honda was being stuck on the halfway line too much in mm-hmm. the two previous games to this one. Still was effective, but um, yeah, he's, you've got to deploy him. Gianfranco Saladino. What a great name. He says, I can't see Raul Baena breaking back into the 11 as Ooh. he is behind Valerian Brox. Do you think he is a wasted visa spot? I'm sorry, Gianfranco. Uh, based on the evidence so far, I think Baena seems to be good utilisation of the visa spot. Just uh, I, I like the fact that the club have a very, very capable backup for Bayana, and you know we've able to we've been able to just not risk him for these two games. I think Bayana would be back ASAP. He makes his squad stronger, in my opinion, when he's in the starting eleven. And it's just as you said, it's just very very reassuring that when Bayana is out, that Valeri can come in and, and not miss a, a beat. So I have no kind of worries when we are missing players from our starting 11 now because I think we've got the depth and that's really good when we've got an Asian Champions League campaign coming up as well. Considering also we haven't always had the best of luck with foreign midfield acquisitions here so mm-hmm. we ha- we seem to have got one right with Bayana and to me as long as when he's fit he plays. He's one of the first on the team sheet so you have to stick with him while, once he's ready to go. One from Hutch who I mentioned earlier should Brox be partnering Toivon in attack moving forward? Sorry, Hutch, it's a no. And I know you probably why, why asked not? that facetiously. Why not? But, uh... Yes, why, why not? <laughs> Chris Tranter. Yes. 
on Twitter. Will the FFA ever be able to get kickoffs to happen on time? No. There must be a reason. There is a reason. I'll tell you this. Yeah. Well, I was in a spirited conversation about this. Ooh. And the issue is not so much the A-League running late. It's that they say that the game starts at 7, when really they should take a leaf out of the AFL's book and say the game starts at 7.10. The reason for that is because TV, the way TV works, is that TV programs start at the top of the hour or at 7.30, etc. You need a lead-in to the game. You need to tell the viewers at home what the team is, what the pre-game news is. So the games are never going to start at 7pm. You have to, if you're wanting to quell the ire of the fans, say the game starts at 7.10 if you want to satisfy that ridiculous, insatiable need for the, the game to start on time. I can't but believe how many when, people are just so annoyed about this. Who cares? It's but a few even, minutes. Even when they're 7.50 kickoffs, they kick off at 7.56. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Like, it's, it's, it's quite weird. They're always six to seven minutes. I think the people that get annoyed are punters because the game's still got six or seven minutes to kick off and the betting agencies close it because it's seven. It's, uh, it says it's seven or five. Yesterday was a bit... Interesting though, uh, extenuating circumstances because of Remembrance Day, and, you know, thanks to the troops for their service. Uh, but they did honour the troops uh, for 15 minutes before the match. Why that couldn't be done at 6:45 until 7 p.m. Not too sure. Really difficult on Sundays because by the time I, I think I got home last night at 10:30, and I live in Brunswick, so it's it's tough to get to get home on a Sunday night and. Um, when you add to that as well, for some reason, I don't know. I don't know if people stuck around, but I'm not too sure if you stuck around. But they had the kick after the the game. Weird one. They yeah. had made it all about the kids and the families last night. The snack bars were full to the brim of big buckets of fairy floss for the kids to have. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, and the, the kick after it, it's like this isn't the family friendly time. And you know, victory is only doing. I guess playing the hand they were dealt with. Yeah, and it's shitty because. 16,000 last night and 17,000 two weeks ago is a good result for A-League in terms of attendance. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that if the ratings were high last night and they were high two weeks ago, it means we're going to get more of these games in the future. Which is is really annoying that we're victims of our own success. Yeah, there's some calculation going on by Fox Sports and the FFA that let's just put victory on at this particular time because they'll still get a respectable crowd respectable ratings and we can put the lesser performing games in the more family friendly time slots and whatnot. It's the same as international music when it comes to Melbourne. Very rarely do you see a national tour hit Melbourne on a Friday or Saturday That's night. That's right. Sunday They're or always in Sydney or Adelaide on the Friday or Saturday night. Melbourne will always be the Tuesday or the Thursday because we'll get a crowd anyway. Mm-hmm. It's the same shit for everything. Who's got a question? I do. Nadia Matata, very big friend of the pod. Has Jai Ingham's ego been bruised after women would rather have sex with a robot Ronaldo, according to sources? Uh, this comes from listened, our last if you episode. Last week, yes. Um, for those of people very much confused by that that question, um, I'm, I'm not touching Christian's sex ask, robot. Ask Jai. Ask Jai. I've I've got one. Yes. From most deaf double nine double zero, all of our attack in the brilliant first half came either either on the right hand side Rue or through the middle. The left side was quiet. Will Brown last out the season, or will Brox do what Brox does, take the left back spot? Especially given Brox had a great game two weeks ago. I would have said yes. I'm coming around to it though. I think Brown, uh, Brown just needed time. To... I think Corey Brown's musket's boy. Yeah, I think he just needed time. I think he's going to be okay. Um, a goal last night is pretty good. For Helps confidence. things. Yeah, yeah. I, was very sim- I was in a similar kind of vein with you being, I thought, maybe Brox might end up taking this spot, but mm. nah, I think you have to stick with him. Give it time. Give it that stability. And uh, I think you'll thrive. And it's a bit harsh. He scored a goal yesterday. So yeah. give him, stick with him and uh, you'll get the rewards, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather see Brox come off the bench to be that impact player in the midfield, like you said earlier. Yeah, I'm starting to learn a little bit from last year. Mm. Just give people time. Mm. They'll come yeah. That'll come good. Yeah. Uh, one last question, and then you can choose, Katie, who's going home with that six-pack. 
Uh, Max Kearsley from Facebook. Uh, do you see the Vuck being able to sign Honda on for a second season or do you think it'll be another another Leroy George situation? Can't imagine it being another Leroy George situation at all. Because yeah. I don't think he'll play football again. Yeah. So he'll either play another year or just retire. You don't think, you don't think he'd go back to Japan? I just feel like... What about this 2020 thing that he wants to play in, though, that I mentioned earlier? Like... 2020 uh, Olympic Games. Yeah, so the, yeah, the Olympic Games in Tokyo. Yeah, you've got to be playing at a club if you want to be part of that. Mm. So, shortly at a fairly high level, it, it mm. can the, be either money, or Japan. The money will be, you know, because the, even the outlay for this season, 1.5 million, we're led to believe by the club. I'm sure the club would have no qualms in paying that again. The question is, will the FFA or Fox Sports were fronting up with the rest of the cash? Are they going to do it again? And, you know, given what he's done so far, it's it's value for money, in my opinion. Well, I definitely want them to. I definitely want him for another year. 100%. Katie, time to choose the winner. Who's going home with that Temple Bruinco six-pack? Uh, oh, it's a tough one. Um, I think that... Ooh. Not sure, to be honest. What the, I can choose for you if you want. Have a go. I'm, I, I, can't, I can't make this big a decision. I'm going to give it to Anthony Gallo. We didn't even answer the question, but is Corey Brown's bald spot the worst haircut <laughs> we've ever seen at Melbourne Victory? <laughs> That's what I'm going with. Mamma Mia, it's Royal Parade Creative. They're a Melbourne-based studio that produces simple, clever design solutions done with a high level of care and sophistication. Specialising in brand identity development and redevelopment, campaign art direction, typography, illustration and digital, Royal Parade offers a lot of services you'd expect from a large agency without the large agency price tag. So if you need a club badge, billboard, bar menus, bottle packaging, get in touch and find out how Royal Parade can make it happen. Mention FES for a 10% discount on your first design project. Mamma mia, ola toi venen, mamma. There it is. He came out with that one last night and I was like, ooh, that's You need to bring that on the pod. That's creative. Royal Parade creative. It's Jason Bevel. Listen up, everyone. That's the chant now. All right. Ola toi venen, mamma. How can I assist you? Just as well you do a podcast, mate, because you can't sing. Alright. Yeah, I'm getting into it. Alright. Kyra Sports, game changer in the Australian sporting Mm. landscape, and we've been calling out for this forever. And it's finally here. The beta was released, I think, during the last seven days. And they're expecting in the next couple of years... 50% 50% of all Australian households will have this. And if that's the case, that's not only big for for sport in general, yeah. it's, it's it? huge for the A-League as well. $20, $25 a month and that's their entire platform, isn't yeah. it? So, uh, look, this this will be great. And, you know, we said we talked about it in 2015, but it, it, we need our internet to be better as well. Mm. But I think it's fine now. I mean, uh, uh, streaming services, I, I don't know. I, I live in Brunswick, admittedly, so I don't know what it's like as you go further out of the city. But... We can handle it here. We I don't have any form of uh, normal TV. I just stream everything off Netflix. And if I want to watch uh, normal TV, um, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10, I have the apps where you can stream live uh, as mm-hmm. well. So it has. I have no issue being completely streaming. It's just the overload mm. that the server... And if 50% of the country are tuning into a sporting event, you'll see what happened in the World Cup again, probably. And you see what happened in the census and you'll see what's happened every time there's... Um, uh, traffic directed in the one, the one stream. Definitely, definitely. I think the question is, do we have the infrastructure to carry it out properly? Does it, 
when the demand is too great, what happens? Does it make it through? So, as you said, we had the Optus World Cup fiasco, but again, I think this is definitely the way of the future, I think, but our governments also have to lift their end of, hold up their end of the bargain, I guess, and really make sure this can be a success, because if so, it's a game changer. I like it. I like what it's bringing. I like uh, technology and innovation that shakes the tree. I think it's going to be great. Unfortunately, it's not somebody else shaking Foxtel's tree. It's Foxtel shaking their own Mm -hmm. tree. Uh, But it also gives people like myself, who... Uh, quite keen negotiators every time that the uh, the cycle comes around with Foxtel more leverage to get a better price. Yes. So I told mum about that last week because she cancelled. I've been siphoning off her Foxtel. She mm-hmm. got rid of the sports package because it was too expensive. You know, sport. Mm-hmm. So I, I, when I got back from San Francisco, I logged into a to a, a Foxtel and the sports package was gone. And she's like, I got, I got rid of it. And I was like, don't you understand? You just all you have to do is call them and complain, and they'll bring down the price of the. Pretty much, I threatened, threatened to cancel. I'm on a six month plan, mm. and as soon as I renegotiate, I put it back into my calendar that I need to call them two days before expiration. Um, you learned that off me. I did learn that off you, and um, I learned exactly how far <laughs> I can push them when they lost the EPL rights, which was uh, oh jeez, they great. got they they got absolutely slaughtered during that process because I I rang them up. Everybody I know rang them up. Yeah, and you know what we ended up getting? We ended up getting more football. Like yep. Today I was sitting at home doing absolutely nothing, watching uh, Juve Milan, watching Higuain lose his shit. No, it was great. It was fantastic. So it's going to be good. Um, now it's the, something else that they, the people that you know, bang on about the A-League's got shit ratings. Well, there's more people watching on other mm. providers now. So I think it'll be good. It's the market, it's capitalism, it's the vibe. Mm. The only shit thing. It's streaming. The only but, shit thing is, can't watch it streaming while you're on Twitter. Well, what do you apparently, mean? no, 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 because I did. No, I did this uh, with Clarky from Destruction in the Box. If you if you want now, you can go on a KO and you can get the 14 day free trial. Yes. They're about 15 seconds faster. KO's feed. I had the My ah. Football app going next to it. We we're watching yes. the uh, the game yesterday before the Vuck game, and it's a quicker feed. It's about 15 seconds quicker. Okay. So, An absolute game changer that is because half the time being on Twitter, you can't enjoy it the same way. You, otherwise, the fact I'm on Market Sport, Market Sport, how far is that person ahead of me or whatever, you yeah, know, but yeah. it, that's a, it and needs that's to change. Foxtel Go's problem because uh, I've been uh, kindly borrowing Foxtel Go while I'm a moving house situation mm-hmm. and uh, it's very frustrating watching that and knowing that, and then you get group chat messages saying, what a cracker or something like that and you realise you haven't seen what yeah. has just happened yet. And it takes away that excitement. It's, it's very like, annoying. It's always worse than the VAR taking away the excitement of a goal. Is mm. It's not as bad as that. Mm. <laughs> well, the quality on KO, what I saw, is very good. Um, have you been watching Foxtel Go on your computer on the app or have you logged into the new service that they've got called Foxtel Live, which is the same kind of thing, but you're watching it off a so, web browser and not a Silverlight? On one computer, I'm watching it on the app, and on the other one, through another Foxtel Go login that I got, is through the, the new service. Yeah, the new service quality is very good. So the KO, has been good, the yeah. KO stuff's even better than that. So right, uh, it's got everything on it. There's absolutely everything. So game changer. Absolutely, twenty five bucks a month, and I think you can do thirty five for an extra screen. So that's a dollar a day. Like if you if you can share it with a mate, because you can get two screens simultaneously with that $25. So share it with a mate, $12.50 each. You're not going to need to watch two screens at once. It's less than Netflix. Yeah. Game changer. Mm. Uh, the Socceroos squad was announced last week and Thomas Deng was named as a train-on player. Any other surprises from that squad, Dave? Yeah, a couple of uh, strikers are over uh, over in the UK. Boyle, who's, uh, I believe, of, of Scottish descent. Is yeah, never that right? been here. Another region. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, John Iredale. It's been named. So, I mean, obviously the striker position in the Socceroos for quite some time now has been an issue. So it's good to see Arnie going and you know, looking at different options. Katie? To be honest, McLaren needs to start uh, every game where he can, I think. That's, what, that's one of the things I think Ange got wrong uh, toward the end of his tenure. He never really let M- McLaren off the leash at all. And then he doesn't get a minute at the World Cup. That was another big mistake too. I think... We're crying out for that finisher. We're crying out for that player. I think he can fit that. Yeah, natural goal scorer. Completely agree. Good summary boy as well. National Youth League kicked off over the weekend. The Vuck Youth lost 3-2 over in Adelaide. The goal scorers were Yazia Sayed, Sayed? Sayed. Sayed and Nick Sete. 
You're mate. Uh, and the next point on this rundown, I'm just going to read it. You just want to read it? By yeah, itself? look, goalkeeper uh, of this National Re- Youth League side, Majak Mawith, has left the Vuck Youth and gone to Melbourne City Youth. Fuck you, Majak. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to read that. that. Written, that's all that was written on the rundown. Fuck you, Majak. You're never welcome here again. Uh, another little tidbit, the uh, Asian Champions League was... Uh was decided over the weekend and stays in East Asia. Kashima Antlers beating uh, Persopolis of Iran. 2-0 on aggregate. So another Japanese team hoisting the uh, the trophy and a team that we may come up against with uh, our Japanese superstar in the upcoming Asian Champions League. That's going to go off. Going to oh, go off. Wait. Did you see tie, we've been... And we, that away tie is going <laughs> to go off. Did you see we've been invited for pre-drinks in Tokyo by the Melbourne yes. Victory yeah. uh, Tokyo uh, fans? I really, I'm going to try my best to get to Asia away this season. Somehow. Uh, I've got I'm going to no, just do it. I've got no... Actually, I, got, I might be able to, seeing as though my wife's going to be taking wait, my newborn daughter right, to Bosnia. Did I see you right, Dave? You're, you're going to get over to Japan? Did you say that? What I'm going to do is start the lobbying process at oh. home. Start planning a few seeds Feasibil- about it. Wouldn't it be great to get stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, look, look. I got found these uh, cheap flights to uh, Tokyo, and uh, you know, we can uh, stay at the such and such resort, and you know, you can do it's this and you. that. Yeah, it's all, it, yeah, exactly. That's how you got to pitch it. You can go to Tokyo Disney with the kids. Yeah, and it just mm. happens to be a, a game in Kashima, oh, four hours away from Tokyo. Fancy <laughs> meeting you here. Yeah, it'll be one of those moments. It's Thirty uh, minutes on a train. Yep. Yeah, 30 minutes on a train. Those bullet trains, they're, they're efficient, they're, 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 the Japanese. Don't have around. I, I just want to go and drink beers with the boys. Yeah, mm. pretty much. The next game is two weeks away. It always seems a little bit uh, silly uh, previewing this because it's so far away and so much but can change. thank the Lord we've got international breaks in this league now. No, you're right. Who, who, who would we have break. missed from this? We would have missed Tommy Deng, Costa maybe? Uh, yeah. If it was going. Probably just those two. Just those two. Yeah. Mm. We probably wouldn't have lost that as much as we have in past years. But nevertheless, we are playing against Sydney FC on the 25th of November, another Sunday game at 5pm. At least it's... In Sydney. Much more reasonable. That's okay. Yeah. This is uh, this is probably the one we want right now uh, based upon our form lines. Just a real test to see where we're at. The, uh, the Sydney FC are undefeated in the league so far. Two wins and two draws. Lafondre is on a scoring spree. Just... Um, scoring for fun he didn't score on the weekend but previous to that I think he scored seven goals and six appearances with the FFA Cup included as well correct um, he's just been unbelievable De Jong is still injured but that could change in two weeks or is he is he far no, away I, th- I read that he was still four or five weeks away so okay. he won't be back for this yeah, one that was a bad that was a bad soft tissue injury and Jubilee Oval where uh, the game is being played is Cogra Stadium home of St. George Illawarra in the NRL the same place we played that FA Cup fixture against Rockdale City Suns back in 2015. That's the game you went to? That is, and that is the after the very first episode of FVS, yeah. we, we discussed that particular game. Mm. Brings back some good memories. Feels like yesterday yet a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, but yeah, as, as I said before, just a real good measuring stick, this game. Still two weeks away, but just uh, just really great to see where we are against the uh, one of the form teams of the competition right now. Uh, yeah, of course the games with Sydney are always are always notable. You always get up for those ones. So this will be no different, I'm sure. I think it's a, it's a measuring stick for both teams, I think. Sydney, I don't think, have really gotten to the heights I think they reached last year at certain times, and I think they're going to be out to really go after us. But I think we'll... It'll be just the same for us as well, and I really fancy our chances in this one. I think we've got the the attacking capabilities to trouble them over 90 minutes. I think Terry Antonis will again be crucial and will again have uh, oh, Brillante and O'Neill chasing for Longley. So, yeah, keen to see how that goes again. I fancy us, but, um, yeah, sure to be a big game. Spewing, we didn't ask Simon Hill about his continued use of the word forlornly when we had him on a couple of weeks ago. It just completely skipped my mind. And the fact that every time it. he says it, it just uh, sends shivers down the spine of that particular night in Sydney. They haven't beaten us since that night. They haven't played us since that <laughs> night. So this is probably the longest streak we've had against them in a, a number of <laughs> in years now. a very now. long time. Yeah. 
Uh, I think it's going to continue. I think we're uh, we're going to put some bogeys to bed this year. We've done Newcastle away again, second time in a row. Uh, we're we're a different outfit this year. I think our midfield stacks up against theirs finally. I think um, Brillante and O'Neill and still I think <laughs> what they've been getting out of uh, Ret- your mate Retray has actually been quite impressive this year too. Um, and annoyingly, Alex Prost is still scoring goals. So there's, it, I think it's going to be a cracking game. I still back us into yeah. uh, to probably do them two one. There's an advantage I feel coming up against these Sydney clubs at the moment who are homeless because obviously Allianz is being uh, uh, renovated, I mm-hmm. believe, which is why they're playing this one at Cogra. And of course, with the Wanderers being uh, shipped around Western Sydney and Sydney for their games. They're not able to get settled on a home turf in the same, you know, which is really important in, in, in yeah. football. And uh, that, I think, gives us a bit of an edge. It's, it's, it's not a neutral ground, but their home ground advantage isn't going to be as strong. And I agree, 2-1 for hmm. us. I'm going to say 3-2 for us. I'm very, very confident, though, that we can get the job done. 2-1 victory. 2-1 victory. So three two ones. Thanks for joining us, Katie. Thanks for coming on the show. Great to have you on. Not a problem. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, been great fun, and uh, we, anytime we can do it again. For sure. Good and music too. Yeah, great great music. Music. Give great Katie music a follow choice. on Twitter. Yes. Very good insights when it comes to analysing the game. What is that Twitter handle? Uh, just my name, all lowercase, no funny little characters or anything. Katie Lambeski. Uh, give us a follow. Say hi. Beautiful. And we're going to take a week off next week because there's an international break and no games to talk about. So we're going to take a week off and then be back. Uh, when's that? The 27th of November. Oh, sorry, 26th yeah. of November. Yeah. Uh, actually, I won't be. Someone else will be in the host chair. I'll be doing other things. Maybe proposing that day. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Uh, so I'll be back in a few weeks. The other boys will be back in two weeks. Until then. I'm on the VARC. Come on.